I have a quick story before we begin. Nobody cares and nobody asks. <laughs> Tim Cook, if you're watching, you're not watching. I want to fight. I have an iPhone 7. and Fucking loser. <laughs> um, well, and I still have my button. I know a lot of you kids in those future generations don't have your button no more. Maybe you don't even know what a button is, right? My button on my phone. Hits it against a wall. <laughs> I have a bad habit of throwing my phone because, like, I feel like it and, like, it's, like, part of, like, who I am, you know? You Why eight, do you look distressed? You have 824 emails. <laughs> this bitch calls uh, herself a Virgo. To cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> cut out that Um, no, I don't. <clears throat> so, anyways, you think that's bad? No, I don't want to hear it. Your Gmail's worse. Get it. Get it. Get it. Out of my face. Oh my god. She who should not be named. Some bitch fucking, yeah. Had 30,000 emails one day. And we sat down. How many is it? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't care. I'm a busy woman. Anyway. <laughs> I haven't even begun my story. I'm sorry. I got so <laughs> distracted. No, fine. Um, love that for me. Thanks. The button on the iPhone 7s and iPhone 8s. Again, mm-hmm. nobody asks and nobody cares, but I'm Really just the iPhone 7 because the iPhone 8 has like the smart touch thing and it doesn't actually oh. click. That's what this is. It's not an actual click. It's just a vibrate. Do it. Feel no, it. you remember mine like doesn't press down. It just vibrates. Yours presses down. That was the whole thing, because remember, I'd be like, please just no, let me touch your button. No, it's this one. It changed with the eight. It doesn't matter. I thought it changed with the seven. I am under the uh, I'm under the belief, okay, that this is just a vibrate when I press on the button. I threw my phone some crisp, <laughs> wicked way the other day, just on my bed, a soft surface. You feel me? <laughs> Comforter was down, okay? Oh my god, this is like a quick story time. <laughs> you can tell we just watched Shit's Creek for three hours. Because that's what Alexis does. Anyways, I threw my shit on the bed. It was a soft surface. Should have been fine. Should have been great. Should have been fine. My, tell me why for like a month. My button, the haptics engine broke. So my button, my haptics button sounded like clacking on my heart. Wasn't it just making sounds like for no reason? Like, wasn't your phone just, like, making sounds when you weren't getting notifications? Yes. So, like, oh, my God. Or when you would switch on silent or when you would take silent yeah. off. It would make the most horrendous clickety clacky <laughs> sound. Like, the thickest click you've ever heard in your life. Like, oh, I don't click. like it. Like, click, click. in italics. Like, click. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyways. So, I threw it again. Literally, I can't make this shit up. I threw it again on 420. Because um, I was feeling like froggy. Out there. I threw it in our hallway. Taylor just stood and watched, you know, like here for the chaos, naturally sipping her ice cream. <laughs> Gemini does. And I threw this bitch down the hallway and I fixed it. Because <laughs> I'm fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's fixed uh, for the time being, quote unquote, fixed. Until you throw it again. Because that's what you do. At this point, if I like sneeze on it, it's gonna like, yeah. it's gonna like go back just need to get a new phone. Can I, like, recount my face when I broke it for the second time? Like, please explain what that like, <laughs> We were, like, standing out there and you were just trying to toss it on your bed and it hit, like, your bed frame or something. I don't know. It hit something. And you were like... <gasps> and like, he, like, he, like, turned really fast into your room and ran towards oh. your phone.
Speaking of phones, I think it was also my iPhone 7, the one that I had in college. And I like went on a drive one day with a friend and I was wearing like a really long cardigan. And (laughs) so like I put my phone in the right hand pocket of the cardigan that's like towards the door because I was sitting in the passenger seat, right? And this friend's light came on saying that a door was open. So he's like walking around the car and like shutting all the doors again. And like, it's still on. So I'm like testing my door. And I I think I did it about like four times and the light finally went off. So we go for a drive and we're like driving past this area. And I'm like, ah, I think my friend lives around here. So I go to reach for my phone to text like Taylor or something to like make sure. And I realize that my cardigan pocket is stuck in the door. And I, I opened the door and I knew, I knew like from the, in the bottom of my heart, what I was about to find. And I just sat there for a minute and I'm like, I need to open the door. And I opened the door and my screen is off of my phone. (laughs) Like it's, it's so cracked that like pieces of glass had already broken off. And I kept that phone for like months because I couldn't afford to get a new one. And I kept getting like little pieces of glass in my hand and shit because it just kept oh, breaking. My God. And then eventually I got a new phone. I got like an eight, I think. I upgraded. And one night in our apartment in college, we got really drunk and we just kept tossing my phone off the balcony of our apartment until it was in like four different pieces. Please imagine like here, like feeling like a hard like resistance as you go to close a car door and then not questioning it. Welcome to the Bicons Podcast yet again. We're here post iPhone story. Uh, what's this podcast about? This is uh, the podcast where we talk about your favorite film and TV Bisexuality in media. Yeah, this is a disaster. I can't. I can't. Okay. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) The intro devolved in three episodes. Gone. Okay. Yes, truly. Unrelated. Completely unrelated to like what we were talking about today, but we watched It's Creek. (laughs) Completely unrelated. (laughs) It was Dan Levy, who's the creator of the show who is a gay man, he tried to pitch it to, like, production companies in America, and nobody would pick it up, so he went to Canada, and they picked it up there. Wait, so he's actually American? I think he's American, he's yeah. Canadian? I don't think so. I think the, um... Damn, bro. I think the Canadian network just picked up the show because no American production company would, and which was foolish. Yeah. Yes, because it's very successful now. It's not quite, like, The Office or, like, Parks and Rec... Or something like that. Because it doesn't get aired. I think it's more of like, you know how like, there's a different feeling with like Netflix shows and like broadcast like shows, you know? I don't think it's, I don't think it gets like, it gets a lot of attention. Like they were at the Emmys and stuff like that. I just think the age group tends to be people around like our age. I don't think a lot of like older people watch it, like a lot of broadcast network shows. Please also, I feel like we need to like put in some kind of disclaimer every time we do this. I I just want it in there, but like we really don't know what we're talking about. Not like, at all. We're, we're just like we studied psychology. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're, we're, we're literally two, like, bumbling idiots. Please do not. Everything we say is just opinion. I never finish a single thought. Oh, what a fucking 
<laughs> I don't finish my thoughts. No. No. Um, the main character is pansexual. They say he's pansexual. And um, my favorite part about that is they present him, and I think it was on purpose, as like a stereotypically like gay man. Like when yeah. you first see him, you just assume that he's gay. You almost think that he's in an archetype for a gay man. Yeah. And then like pretty early on in the series, he has sex with a woman. And it's like, oh, like, right. yeah. And he they... He doesn't regret it. No. He doesn't talk about like, oh. Hello. <laughs> what does she chirp like every time she took a shit quite on oh set God, so you were saying like he doesn't regret that he had sex with him. it's not like something that like he did when he was drunk yeah. and he's like oh i i usually don't do that like it was a very if anything he re- regretted it because they were like friends and like it made things weird kind of but like they have like the talk um like stevie's like basically i assumed you were gay up until last night when we had sex and that's when the wine talk happened i really want one of those t-shirts that says um i like the wine but not the label like they have t-shirts that say that and i really want one I yes love that. I yeah one of my favorite scenes like in cinema of the board of all time it's such a beautiful analogy it's so like easy that's like the best part about watching the show for me is that like they purposely made like every conversation that you would think is hard everyone is an adult it's very casual they say it and it's done like everyone like communicates really well and like yeah there's no like hate or like bias or anything like that and she's just like oh okay i understand that's it i love that yeah i love that i really love it i do drink red wine or is it white wine he says, no, because she says red wine. She says, I only drink red wine. And up until last night, I thought you also only drank red wine. And he's like, ah, oh, I do drink red wine. I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine. I wouldn't talk in riddles with my best friends. And then he says, what's even better is then he's like, I also drink rosé. And sometimes that used to be Chardonnay. And yeah. And he's like, I like everybody. And I love that he wrote David as pansexual because Dan is gay. Like, Dan isn't pansexual. But, like, he wrote in, like, by slash pan representation on purpose. I, God. And, like, we don't usually get a lot of, like, bi men. I feel like when you see, like, bi representation, a lot of the time it's women. And I really like that it was, like, a man. It was very generous for him to, you know, because he's not not by himself or pan himself. But to like write that in because he sees the representation. This show took off, mm-hmm. and what the lead is a pansexual guy yeah. who like is easily yeah. just gay, and he ends up in a relationship with a man. Like it's like because that's another problem with like a lot of bi stuff is like they make somebody bi, but they always end up with somebody, you know, of the opposite sex. There's got to be a different way to say that. I don't like the word opposite. No. It's not real. We need to we need to stop teaching people yeah. boys and girls that they're opposite yeah. of each other. Well, that's not what you're implying. No. Like, it's usually a cis woman who is bi who ends up, even though she like will date cis women or something like that during the duration of the show, they always end up with 
a cis man. So it's like more digestible. And in this, it's like, oh, she's bi, but she still ended up in a straight relationship. So it's fine. But like Dan was like, no, he's bi or he's pan. He likes everyone, but he still ends up with a guy. Like he has this big, like happy ending. The central romance of the show is like two men. And I thought that was really unique. Like I've never seen that before. I thought, okay, so here's why I think the whole, like, the good part of the whole, like, thruple thing. Like, of course it was funny. Like, it was funny to see, like, David and Stevie, like, trying to, like, navigate, like, dating the same man or whatever. Because, like, Jake's bi. Well, Jake's poly. But he's bi, too. He's both, right? So, like, he's representation himself. But I liked that, like, how, like, the threesome thing is, like, a stereotype and, like, they didn't have, like, David give in to it. Like, as soon as, as, soon as it was, like... Given to what? like the threesome thing like david was like no i don't want to do that because it's like the stereotype that all like like people are just bi because they want to have threesomes because he even said it like he was like trying to seem like sexually evolved because like me and stevie are dating the same person and then they were like no i don't actually want that he did literally say that yeah i don't know no i don't think i would i feel like i'm very much david in that sense where i'm like also, also, it was with his best friend. How about, like, That's a no. people stop making comments about what other people are doing with with what consenting adults are doing? How about that? How about that? Truth, please, <laughs> Wig. <laughs> Makes my skin Ooh, crawl. I haven't used I that one in, like, ages. Wig. I have, like, the least gay vocabulary. It's humiliating. You want some, you want some real truth tea, sis? If you want <laughs> all gay language that, like, white gays use was stolen from black queer people hello let's talk about patrick i love patrick (laughs) i think patrick's gay yes he's not bi however he's in a relationship with a pansexual man and he never like question he's never like shows jealousy and like thinking that um david might cheat on him with like a woman or something he was a man like in his early 30s who like just like accepted that he was gay and like i liked that like he was kind of like later on in his life and like he was finally like letting himself do that and like he immediately finds like the fucking love of his life just immediately and like he was really open about it like he told david that he had never done it before and like how excited he was and like his coming out to his parents was very emotional for me because that would like never happen to me. Yeah. It wasn't like he did it out of respect for I really like that he did it out of respect for David. He was like because David was like, you know, if you need me to just be your business partner tonight, if you're not ready, he was like, you coming out is a very personal thing. It is up to you. I, like, I can't make you do that. And then David was like, but out of respect for you, I can't deny that you're my boyfriend. Like, I, I won't lie about you. Oh, I and, like, that. He was like, because he, when they were, like, sitting down and, like, talking about it, because, like, David had just told him that his parents were, like, there. And that he, like, David just found out that Patrick had never told them that they were together. And he was like... I can't make when David offered to just be his business partner for the night. Patrick was like, I can't let you do that. Like it wouldn't be fair to us for me to do that. 
So, like, he... I think he wanted to do it. I think he couldn't find the right time, especially because they don't live close to each other. And I think the right time just presented itself. Like, it was kind of like now or never. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. Yeah. It's my nightmare. Oh, my God. The first time I watched Schitt's Creek. So, not to be, like, dramatic or, like, whatever. But Schitt's Creek is very special to me because I watched it with my mom, like, right after my dad died. And, like, when I was home for two weeks, that's all we did was watch Schitt's Creek together. So, like, it's a very special show to me. And, but I was also watching it with my mother who, like, doesn't know I'm by. And, like, so, like, these big things would happen that would make me really emotional, especially, like, the coming out scene. That was, like, a very, like, realistic thing to me. It was, like... I would, like, not look at her. Like, if I was, like, crying or shit, like, I would look straight ahead. And, like, I wouldn't talk because I was, like, she's going to know that I'm crying yeah. if I, yeah. like, do this. And she's going to be, like, why are you crying? And I can't, I can't tell her why I'm crying. And, like, that happened so many times, like, when I was watching it. Because I cry like a bitch at TV shows. You don't understand what goes in my head. I'm so deep. <laughs> a pair of, like, villains just, like... A monkey, like, it's the Spongebob episode. It's like fire and like all these filing cabinets and they can't find anything. That's what my head looks oh like. <laughs> That's exactly what's inside my head. It's Spongebob running around <laughs> to filing cabinets and all he finds is blank sheets of paper. Mine looks like those oyster shucking videos where people like find pills and you're like, oh, I believe Mine's the Turkish ice cream videos. <laughs> I can't. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I can't. Can you imagine? That's why I never finish a thought because the ice cream never touches the cone. So that's that's my thoughts never finishing. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my gosh! We gotta go to Turkey. Just to I'm gonna change the subject before I get sad. What was your favorite part about the show, Delboy? <laughs> oh, I deliberated the kingfish. I. Not necessarily favorite scene, just like your favorite thing about this. Okay. Have to be a favorite scene. I like how everyone like changed. Yeah. I think Alexis had the biggest like development out of all of them. She went from being a really like vapid, selfish person to like being really like by the end of the series, like she leaves she breaks up with someone she like really loves and like they love each other and have like a good relationship, but like she won't let him give up on his dream and like she wants to you know have her own business and shit and she doesn't want to miss her family so like she i don't know i just love alexis i think she had the best not the best i think she had the biggest change out of anybody really yeah what a transformation yeah towards the end she, she's over here she's a biz, she's a business professional. yeah oh, business professional. she's moving to new york because her business is like getting so big and like off. that's the dream yeah. I feel like uh, David always had this maturity in him. I feel like David is very much like his mother. He's. That's why I think he's a Gemini. Like, because he is very grounded, but he's also like, when he like gets in a mood, he's like very unrealistic. He's like a very down to earth person. And like most air signs are down. They're not like crazy. When I mean down to earth, I mean like like mellow people like he's like a mellow person but like he also like gets in moods where he's like very unrealistic and he's like stubborn and shit and that like I like that his personality like didn't change just because he got like 
more connected. I think his biggest evolution was like allowing himself to be connected to people. Because when we first started off, he was very closed off and he was very like, um, yeah, he didn't like being, he didn't like being close to people. Like he was like, I've only said, I love you to my parents like once in my whole life. And like he, by the end of it, he has a best friend and a husband and a good relationship with his parents. And like his sister walks him down the aisle. That was like another thing. Like I, um, that I've seen like, Dan Levy talk about a lot and like things that fans a thing that fans really respond to is that like like how we said earlier how David is like initially presented as like almost this archetype of what like a gay man is like you assume he's gay and like he's you know he's he can be like a little much and he's like kind of loud and like um not loud but you know what I mean like yeah and like Patrick loves him because of that. Like, it's never too much for him. Like, it's he doesn't try to, like, like he, he's, like, smitten with him right off the bat because of who he is. And, like, that was, yeah, and it was, like, it was, like, a cool mess. I think that's, like, my favorite part. It was, like, it was a cool message to have, like, you are worthy. Like, you're not too much. Like, you don't have to, like, dial yourself, water yourself down for, like, someone to love you. And he talks about all the time how, like, he's been left, like, so many times and, like, but, like, he doesn't change, like, how he is. And Patrick, like, loves him for it, like, completely unconditionally. And, like, I've, the reason I, like, responded to it so much is because, like, I've done that or, like, I've watered myself down to, like, try and, like, appeal or, like, to be right for someone or something like that and, like, make it easier for them. Because, like, I'm an argumentative person, and, like, I stopped that. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I stopped, like, voicing, like, like opinions I have or, like, something like that because I didn't want to, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And, like, David didn't do that, and Patrick was cool with it. Yes. I have watered down myself for the sake of a relationship, for the sake of the other person liking me. Like, because I really like to pick people's brains, and a lot of people I've come into contact with don't like that. My gosh. Oh, this was just like a um an interview that he did. I think at like a con or something. A con, a convention. So he was like asked about um why he doesn't write homophobia like into the show, and he basically was he always he gets asked it a lot because like it's it's a good question because like every every time you see something like it's like a big like gay in media like kill your gaze it's always surrounded by tragedy some like abusive parent or you know shitty ex or you know some like they're so tortured because they were bullied for being gay and like shit like that and like dan purposely didn't write it into the show and he was like because i think he thinks that if you show people like how to respond like if you show how things can be it becomes like more doable in the real world let's watch the episode like when we're doing the refresher and it's like in the first season and johnny was like you know my son is pansexual and sometimes i think it like makes his life harder basically and he's like not that he's confused but that it's confusing for johnny not that David is confused in his sexuality, but it, mm-hmm. his sexuality is confusing to Johnny. Sorry. And and it was, like, completely... 
I really admire this. It was just completely like wrapped up in Roland saying you can't like choose, you can't control who your kids love. And he to matters of the heart. Yeah. And Johnny like immediately goes home and he's like, you know, I'd be happy like if you brought a guy home too. And like he's like really awkward about it because that's part of his character. But like it was just really nice. There's never any like malice. And like he really he seemed to take that to heart. Yeah. And was so sweet about it. He's like, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. I love that. I love that shit. And he was so happy, like, when David was getting married. Like, he was, like, crying and shit. Like, he was so happy. And it's just, like, and I think Dan's right. Like, if you just show people that it's easy and, like, these people, like, gay people are just, like, a part of, like, your community. Like, they're there. And, like, it's just easy to let them be happy. And especially, like, if young kids are watching it. Like, that's the kind of shit they should see. could not say why I think homophobia is written in so many gay scripts or screenplays. Yeah. But I imagine that it is there to maybe raise awareness about how ugly it is, mm-hmm. even in, in, in the long term. And I understand that. But I think that this is something that we've lived, and not only that we've lived yeah. in gays, right? Or that gay people have lived and maybe cost lives for, but it has been on display for the entire world to see. Yeah. The whole world knows. I think gay marriage is only legal in like a very, very low percentage of countries in the world. Still, to this day, right? It's not a question. It's not. You can still get executed for being gay. No secret. For you to take a 2020 TV show series and decide that you want someone pansexual in it, decide that you want a gay relationship in it, and then not put a drop of homophobia in it, it's powerful. Yeah, because it's like, because, you know, if you put um, some type of LGBT representation into something, gays are going to flock to it because we don't have it a lot. So, like, a lot of people are going to watch it. And I don't personally don't want to watch a show where I'm just seeing my trauma, like other people like acting out trauma. Like, I don't want to see... I know that homophobia exists. Like, I know. I don't... Like, when I'm watching TV, I'm watching it to be entertained. And I don't want to see, like, sad shit. I just don't. And, like, I think, like you said, I think people write in homophobia almost for, like, the authenticity of it. And they're like, this is what people go through. And, like, there's no gay experience without, you know, being bullied or something like that. But, like, David was perfectly capable of implying and referring to bullying that, like, he had, you know, experienced without it actually being part of the show um what does he say oh no actually i was gonna say some shit to your shit because (laughs) say some shit to your shit (laughs) you were like i don't want to see my hurt like i i get it like i get the hurt yeah yes yes and yes like yes but again like that is our bias our yeah not want to watch that shit is our choice and i feel like if someone Mm -hmm. does want want but if someone feels more satisfied they don't feel so like like an out like they they don't want to they want to see that they're not alone basically Mm, i think that's part of it yeah whatever sort of gay hurt or homophobia is written in um in in film and tv it's valid yes it's spread awareness it's there to do a job i would hope it's there to like for some kind of call to action for some kind of call to awareness um, I hope that they have like resources like here's yeah. what you can do if you're being hurt if you're in a, I'm like oh my god that. the like 
But don't tell Ugh. me it's more realistic than a world that doesn't have homophobia. Yeah. I you need to... Realistic is controlled by our media. We are a mm-hmm. fraction of our media and our media is a reflection. It's almost like willing it into existence. Like writing it into existence. Like writing positive representation and writing positive reactions to things. Like it creates compassion in people. It like... does. But at the same time, this show being beautiful and spick and span with not an ounce of homophobia in it does not mean that homophobia is cured. No, of course not. Yeah, no. In this exact situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That maybe in a different reality or in a different story, Patrick's parents would have been terrible to him and ruined his life for this, you know? We can't deny that that will always exist. Yeah. And it's always realistic. But this was a refreshing way to, like, look at how things should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. It's refreshing. What does he say here? I can see jack shit. He said... I can kind of read it. Okay, we're in 2020 vision. I feel like I have, like, fucking... That's, like, my stupid superpower. Because I have good vision. Um, the problem with queer relationships on television is that there has always... You have to say what you're reading, kid. Oh, right. I'm still talking about the same interview that he had, like, at a convention. Yeah. Um, The problem with queer relationships on television is that there has always been a room of people being like, how are we going to handle this? And he's basically saying, like, nobody ever asks that about a straight relationship. So it's like, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. Like, there's some different set of rules just because there's two men involved instead of a man and a woman. And he, like, wanted to show like all the intimacy and like connection that straight couples usually get like in a gay couple i don't know i don't know what he means by um people asking how are we going to handle he was saying like in writers rooms people ask how are we going to handle like a gay relationship like writing a gay relationship like how are we going to handle that and that's what that's like what he's saying he's like nobody if you presented a straight couple, nobody would be asking that question. Absolutely like, not. Yeah. Especially since everybody in this TV show was white. Yeah. Are you kidding? This TV show, I have a criticism for this TV show. Every fucking person was white. I didn't mm-hmm. like that. I, like, it's like it's his family, right? His sister was in this. His dad was in this. Dave, uh, Debbie's dad. But, like, come on. Yeah, they only had, like, two, like, people know, of color like who were, like, s- like some... side characters. Right. Yeah some rural area but that's the thing too is like if you if you're gonna make the argument that you can write in like a town with no homophobia Mm -hmm. and that's like an unrealistic thing right if it's if you think it's unrealistic that there's people of color in small towns then write it in that's exactly like what i'm saying yeah like what do you mean like how do we handle this we get white gays all the time yeah and i'm not saying that i don't like the show because there's white gays but it is just another like white guy like I don't know. no 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 like his experience is valid his yeah yeah valid, of course i'm just saying like it it cannot be that difficult in 2020 to write in a white gay and like have his story no like it would like writer's room shouldn't be asking that question anymore. no especially if it's an all-white cast like, like come on like they do that with like sci-fi shit all the time and they're like oh, it was set in, you know, the 1750s. And it's like, oh, you're telling me, like, black people didn't exist until, like, 1965 or something. Like, if you're writing about dragons 
you can write black people into history. Like, it's not that fucking hard. You can, like, make characters. If people are already, like, suspending their disbelief, what, I, I don't know. It's just such an invalid argument to me. Who is that? That is Stephanie Beatrice, who plays Rosa on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who is a bi character and also a bi woman, who is Latina. So, and sh- they were both, like, on the Kelly Clarkson show one day or something like that. Stephanie Beatrice was just, like, she was, like, talking to Dan Levy. She was, like, I love you so much. Like, I love what you did with your character. Like, and she was, like, crying. She was, like, I think, like, what you did was so important. And, like, you know. This was a very important show. Yeah. I wish it was picked up by an American. Um, yeah. That's the funny thing, too. Network. Network. Is, like, a Canadian network, like, bought it. And then as soon as it got popular, like, an American network, like, bought it so that we could watch it. I want everyone to see this show. Yeah. I think it matters that, like, he's Jewish, too. I just wish they, like, part of me wishes they, like, talked about it more instead of just being, like, oh, he's Jewish. And, like, it not. I don't know. Like, it is privilege. Yeah. Yeah. They're white. You know, they have the privilege. This girl fucking started her own communications company. Yeah. Not every sister of a gay could do that. Like, literally. (laughs) I want to see this show. Quiet on set. I want to see this show done again and again in different variations. Yeah. I want it leveled up. I want it. Like, this... Can we call it a cultural reset? (laughs) Yeah. I do it for the girls and the gays. That's it. What is it? The queers and the boys? They be loving my shit? I don't know. I don't fucking know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) One of us is on TikTok and the other one is... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take a guess. Um, We need to give Taylor a a thorough TikTok training. To be fair, I also didn't get into Vine until like right before it got dropped. (laughs) Like, I didn't start watching like Vines until like after i graduated high school like i was late (laughs) yeah um yeah i love schitt's creek it's one of my favorite shows it's very special to me i love david sweaters i just want to say there is a tumblr blog out there that has like it's like cataloging all of his sweaters and buy them am i right yeah it's Um, like i sent it to you at one point i follow them hold on it's like apothecary something. It's something about the apothecary. Um. Also, side note, I want Rose Apothecary. I want to buy Rose Apothecary. I want to run a store like Rose Apothecary. Oh my god. I can't find it. Oh, I'll find it and say it next time. It's a very important blog. Yeah. Um, we love his style. He has like a t-shirt that just says don't want it. And I really <laughs> want that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The style icon. Yeah. Wow. Alexis, no. Nope. She she wow. straight wow. off her Francesca's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's like you could have said like three people. Right? I feel like <laughs> went down the wrong pipe. Um. Yeah. I feel like she's like a free people or like an anthropology type person. Um. So that being said. Um, if you have any film or TV recommendations for future episodes, we have an email. It's byconspodcast at gmail.com. So please shoot us an email if you have any suggestions. We would really appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bicons Podcast. Our cover art is by Taylor Davis and Jamie Shee. Our music is by Lakey Inspired.
Check out our website at byconspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at byconspod and Instagram at byconspodcast.